they're, they strive to be in season and out. Come on now. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Praise the Lord. We have uh, on the Wednesday nights, at least I have been. I mean, I know we have a few weeks here and there. Nancy was in last week, and I heard Nancy did a great job. Praise the Lord. Got after it. Praise the Lord. She does. She's a firecracker. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so uh, anyway, but uh, my time with you on Wednesday nights, I've been working through a series about stress-free living. Praise God. Amen. And uh, so we're going to talk a little bit more about that. We'll do a little slight review, and then we're going to jump in what we have for you tonight. And uh, so we'll go to our opening text, which is uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. If you'll turn there, please. Are you glad you came out tonight? A little bit cool. Looks like uh, I thought maybe we were going to get away with not maybe having all this kind of weather. Maybe just get right into spring. But uh, getting motorcycle weather, praise the Lord, but that didn't quite happen. Anyway, but anyway, we'll, we'll work with it, praise the Lord. I know it was, wasn't it? But you know. Yeah, <laughs> caught boating, hunting, or something. Well, they like cold in the hunting, don't they? Yeah. Maybe not cold, but they like. But it's shopping. But shopping. <laughs> yeah, that ain't selfish. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. God's good. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Uh, you got an ear to hear tonight? Yeah. All right. Got some things. Uh, you know, you wouldn't think you could have so many sermons on just living free from stress, but there's a lot to be said about it. And uh, God wants you stress-free, amen. So let's uh, look at the opening verse. Verse uh, 1 there says, but know this. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to know something. All right, you got to know this, right? Know this, that in the last days, okay, when we are in those last days, by the way, uh, it says perilous times will come, perilous times. Now, the word perilous uh, means uh, difficult, uh, fierce, ferocious, but it means the reducing of strength or reducing the strength of. Okay, but it, uh, then it refers to days of stress or times of stress. Um, your cross-references, a lot, a lot of them even say that. They say just times of stress. And so, uh, you know, that's what we see a lot of. We see a lot of stressful times and uh, people stressed out about things. And most of the things we stress out about we have control over, but, but we find ourselves getting caught up in things. And next thing you know, we're overwhelmed, uh, you know, and uh, again, that uh, word means to the reducing, uh, reducing the strength of, or to reduce one's strength, um, and that's what stress does. I mean, you, you you get stressed out enough, pretty soon you you just zapped of energy. It just overwhelms you, and it can not only affect you uh, emotionally and mentally, uh, but it works into the physical body. And as I've mentioned many times in this series, uh, you know that even the medical profession will tell you. That the majority, in fact, they say as much as 90% of all diseases were brought on based on stress or out of stress, which is amazing. That's kind of a high number, I always thought, but, but it's, you know, they're, I guess, the professionals. So anyway, uh, that's what they say. And they do say that at least 50% of all doctor's visits uh, is all, all stress-related. And so we're obviously in a time of stress. Um, you know, I, they, they said once, uh, you know, uh, we get into a society that we have, you know, the kind of uh, the media and the, and the Internet and all the things are supposed to be uh, to eliminate stress. But I found that it actually creates more with all the way the things go on. And, and uh, I can get on some of them uh, topics, but uh, I'll offend several people. So I'll leave it alone. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of stuff out there that really all it does is just creates more stress. 
and uh, instead of making life uh, a little more simple and, uh, and less complicated. And so, anyway, uh, stress, if you look up stress, the word uh, means tension. It means strain, to be nervous, weariness, fatigue. These are all just synonyms that deal with that. Uh, but it means uh, fatigue based on exertion or striving or struggle, okay? And so this text, when we first opened up the series, we dove into this and read, you know, pretty much this, this grouping of verses here. And it really brings out in this text, you know, talking about these perilous times, it says, in these days, men will be more about loving of, lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God. And that's really how it sums up. And we went through this whole text and dove, it in, dove into it and kind of dissected each word and what it meant and really what it deals with, the fact that uh, what you're finding that through this whole series of talking about stress, that stress is always, about, uh, is always brought on based on self-striving or self-serving. Anytime you get caught up in more about self than you are about God, and that can go one or you know several directions, but for sure the area of serving. So in other words, all about what you can get, all about just you know you're somehow or another I'm, I'm after. It's all about me, what I can get, what I whatever. And then self striving is another one where you know it's all about what I can do and how much I can do. And pretty soon you wear yourself out. Pretty soon you're stressful. Come on, somebody, because you're trying to you know you know, meet quota, so to speak, or you're trying to, you know, to, to, to climb or to be better or to do more or whatever, and pretty soon you're all stressed out and we ain't getting anywhere. Can I hear a bigger amen? And so uh, we, we dove into that and several things that we started talking about then is about entering into the rest of God and what that means, uh, dealing with coming into His presence, into His place, you know, hanging out with Him, amen, drawing on His grace, drawing on His word, His leadings, amen. Praise God. And we find that the more you follow God, the less stressful you are. Just the facts, you know. And so, anyway, the last week that I spoke, which now I think would have been two weeks ago now, uh, I talked about setting our mind on things above, about putting thoughts, you know, uh, keeping thoughts that are stress-free, because that's a big part of it. You know, if you're just going to sit here and say, I'm going to live stress-free, and then all you do is think about stuff that stress you out, well, we're not going to accomplish anything. And so we talked about that. And so today, I kind of want to kind of come off the, the tail end of that a little bit uh, and talk about some things. Um, and uh, let's go to um, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Now, I asked you earlier, I'm going to ask you again, do you got an ear to hear today? Yes. All right, because we're going to let this thing kind of develop here. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And we're going to go to verse 3, please. <clears throat> verse 3 says, uh, But I fear, lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Now, probably about, I don't know, maybe six, eight months ago, something like that, I talked some things about simplicity and um, kind of dove into some of that. So there'll be a couple things in there we might bring up again. But, but I kind of want to come at this thing with the deal, or the area of this thing about how the enemy tries to corrupt the mind, okay, tries to, you know, he comes at you and he's got purpose, okay, and if you see how it works, all it is, he's, his mind, all, uh, all he's trying to do is get you to think more about you than you are about anything else, and so make it all about you, okay, whether it's self-serving, self-striving, okay, 
somehow get you caught up in a, in a self mode. Uh, you know, you're, uh, you're caught up more about, you know, how you're doing or what's going to happen. You know, whether it be uh, in this case here, um, you know, it's fear-based thoughts. All right. And so uh, let's, let's move on here. It says here, uh, this, as the serpent deceived Eve. Now, we'll, we're going to look at that, uh, you know, a little bit here. We'll go to Genesis here in a minute. Uh, but we're going to see how this all came, came about. But everybody say deceived. deceived. Now, she got deceived. Okay. And the enemy, he's still doing that. It's his trick. That's his tactic. Now, the enemy has no authority over anybody. Only what you give him. And, and the only way that he gets it basically is through deception. Or we could say even ignorance, because there's some verses even on that too. But, but once you come into the kingdom, you shouldn't be ignorant anymore. Come on about some of these things. Come on, right? But what he'll do is he'll do things through deception. Now, it says here that the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness. Okay? Because that's, that's really what happens. And so uh, this is what we're going to kind of spin off this uh, concerning living a stress-free life because the enemy is pretty crafty. Before long, he's got you caught up in things, and next thing you know, you're stressing out. And the whole time, God has an answer for you, you know. And so he just works on the mind. And so the word here, craftiness, means uh, skillful trickery, okay. And he is pretty good at it. He's been doing it a little bit for a little while now. Come on now. Talking about the enemy here. All right. And so uh, it means skillful trickery. Um, uh, it also means uh, sophistry, okay? And I, I, you know, it's just one of them words that you would, you know, it ain't used very often. Uh, it's S-O-P-H-I-S-T-R-Y, sophistry, okay? And it just means this, deceptive reasoning, okay? Deceptive reasoning. And it means uh, to bring complexity or to complicate, or here we go, or to tangle, to get you tangled up in something, okay? And so he deceives, the same way he deceived Eve is what he's trying to do to you and me, bring a deception through a craftiness, amen, through, listen, through a, what's that here? A deceptive reasoning. Get you caught up, get you tangled into something, get you wrapped up into something, start complicating something just through, and get this, it even means through... Uh, hair splitting. So in other words, little nitpicky things. So we're going to hair split on this and hair split on this. When all along it's like, really, we're going we're gonna to go there? But it gets you caught up in it. Pretty soon you're so caught up in it. Next thing you know, it's about how I see it or how I feel or, or what about me. And, and all you, you're just caught up on some little deceptive thing that, that really, quite frankly, is it really going to matter? Is it really going really to change anything? Now, I know it's nobody in the room because you Wednesday night people, they never have issues. Okay? It's all them other people, you know, that are watching and listening right now. So I hope they're listening. Come on now. We all, we all need to hear this because it's through deception he comes in with this craftiness, sophistry, all right? I should probably use that word more, sophistry, all right? Somebody's going to come and tell me later, you pronounced it way wrong, so it could be. But uh, anyway, it does mean, though, a deceptive reasoning, and it means to bring complexity or to complicate things or to get one tangled up in something, all right? 
So uh, through uh, the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, look at this, so that your minds may be corrupt. In other words, don't let it happen to you the same way it happened to her. Don't let your mind become corrupted. Everybody say corrupted. Corrupted, corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. Now, the word simplicity means something that's not complex. Even uses words like uh, singleness, which is really referring to more about something being straightforward. It uses the word, uh, when you look up that word, it also uses the word sincerity, uh, but in the, in the, it's used in, the, uh, in a sense of, of something not being hidden or uh, something that's not self-seeking, which is going to be a key thing as we kind of get into this a little deeper. Okay. So uh, it's talking about this, you know, the simplicity that's in Christ, you know, it's, it's pretty straightforward. He's not, God, you know, the Father ain't holding nothing back from you. Come on, right? It's pretty simple. You know, there's a way to walk. It's, it's really, it's not a complicated, it's not complex. Um, even when He leads and guides and directs us everyday affairs, it's not really complicated things. Come on now. Life in God is not complicated. It's actually pretty simple. You know, now uh, Matthew 7, we'll come back to this one verse in a second. Put Matthew 7, uh, verse 13. Uh, it says, Enter by the narrow gate, uh, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. But verse 14 then says, let's put that up there, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. And that word difficult, well, that's the only reason I'm, I went to this text. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, the way of God is just difficult. Well, when you look that word up, it just means confined. Are you hearing me? So the point I'm trying to say is that really the life in God is really simple. It's confined. Okay, in other words, it ain't, he ain't all over the map. He's pretty straightforward about how we do things. But it ain't complicated in the sense of, you know, you know that you know, nobody can't, you can't do these things. No, you can do these things, but there's a way that works and a way that doesn't. There's clear patterns of success, and there's clear patterns of defeat when you look at the Scriptures. Still with me? Yeah. I mean, this all, this all feeds into something, because the enemy's just trying to muddy the waters. He comes in there, and, and through deception, he tries to, uh, you know, complicate things, trying to muddy the waters. Are you still with me? Yeah. And just get you caught up in something, and pretty soon you're all you're all straining and fatigued and wearied and, and man, just, oh, oh, just pretty soon you're all caught up in everything and you're caught up in stuff that quite frankly, I mean, really you being all stressed out about it, is that going to change it? Never. Most times in most things, it ain't changing nothing. But the enemy wants you, he nitpicks and, and hair splitting and all, he tries to get you so caught up in things and usually if you stop and you watch it, it's all about you. Gets you, start thinking more about you in a situation, how you've been wronged or how, you know, you're overlooked or, uh, you know, or, or how, how am I ever going to do this or how are we ever going to, and just gets you so caught up in stuff when all, all along, so just settle down, come on now, and follow God, and these things will work. Are you still with me? Let's go back to that text again, uh, 11.3, please, of... Uh, 2 Corinthians. He said, uh, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. Now, the thing you got to recognize is he's talking to the church. Am I right? Yeah. 
I'm not, you know, just, we just got to look at it because he's not talking to the world. He's talking to the church. So he says the same way that Eve was deceived through that, that craftiness is the same way he's going to try to work on you and me. Now, the scriptures are pretty clear, you know, that, that we're not to be ignorant of his devices, okay? And, you know, I didn't put, give him that verse today, but that, that word device, again, if you just break it down, just means, means head trip or mental games. Are you with me? That's how the enemy works. It's just head trips because he has no authority over you. So where does he come? He comes through craftiness, through deception, amen, and he tries to just get you caught up in something pretty soon. Then what happens? You start beating yourself. Pretty soon you're, you're beating yourself up. Are you still with me? Yeah. And it's all head, head games, all right? Uh, so your mind may be corrupted. I, let's look up that word. I, uh, I think I might have put that definition down on that one. The word corrupted just means uh, spoiled or, or defiled, but it means something that brings forth to ruin something or to taint something, to pollute it or to blemish it. But in, in the light of everything we're talking about, basically what he's doing, he's trying to bring some form of complexity. Uh, now, when I'm saying complexity, I'm coming at you from the, the angle of, of on a negative side of that where it's dealing with, you know, tank, getting you caught up and entangled in stuff, okay? With all the little things, instead of, and we're not talking about just something that's intricate. We're talking about something, it's his nasty little crafty way of trying to get you caught up in stuff. Looking at the wrong thing. You know, uh, uh, I, I don't know, I just, however it works, and maybe I'll, I'll jump on my little soapbox here, but... Um, you know, uh, came back from the family. We were, we were, you know, there for several days. And, and um, I'm, I'm not a news watcher. I don't watch news and, and all that kind of stuff. Every now and then I might get a little pop-up thing that comes up in my iPad or something. But I'm not one to just sit and watch news. And uh, my family does. And uh, so, you know, you, you're not going to be there without seeing the news. <laughs> and, um, you know, I love my family. Um, but they enjoy that. That TV, I guess, is just just keeps on going. And uh, uh, and it's I I think after you've seen it the first 17 times, you'd think you'd shut that sucker <laughs> off. You know? But that's just the way it is. Okay. And so um, they it's what they enjoy. That's fine. So they're you know all this. It's the same stuff. It seems like they just replay it, replay it, replay it, replay it. But but um, anyway, the point is is that um, it's it's smoke and mirrors. So much of it. I'm going to get you caught up in all this while this is going on. And, you know, you get all, you just see a lot of it. So we, we're going to jump on our, our, our soapbox about what we want, you know, and we're going to show all this, and the whole time this is going on. Well, that's what the enemy does. He wants you caught up looking at this and looking at that, and the whole time he's over here doing something, working something. Come on. And so what happens then, you get, you get waylaid because you got caught up in something, all right? And all it was was a head game or a mind, a mind trip, all right? So uh, with that said, let's go take a look in Genesis uh, chapter 3, and we'll take a look at this thing about the way it was worked on on, uh, on Eve, okay? And so uh, that's how it started. Now, of course, we all know Adam was right there. And just for a plug for Eve, um, well, here, I'll, I'll read it to you in just a second. Let's read through some of this, and then we'll go over and, and read that part too. Okay, so Genesis 3 and 1 is where we're going to start. And uh, got kind of read this whole story. All right, let me get to it with my Bible. There we are. All right, so verse 1 says, Now the serpent 
was more cunning. Okay, guess what that means? Crafty. Come on. And it means crafty, craftiness in a, in a bad sense. It speaks of words like devious or deceptive, trickery. Okay, so same kind of word we, we just read there in uh, 2 Corinthians. So the serpent was more cunning than, than any beast of the field which the, the, the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, all right, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Did, is that what he said? That's really not what he said, but it was, it was a little twisted. Come on, somebody. But just a minute. Hang on. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, obviously, she was told something. Um, in fact, let's go. Um, I'll come back to that. Uh, let's go to chapter 2, uh, verse 15. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to show you how, how, how subtle a lot of stuff is. Everybody say crafty. Okay. Okay. So sophistry. Okay. So deceptive reasoning. All right. And the same way, remember the scripture says the same way that this went down is the same way he's trying to work on you and me. Are, are we, in a, we all on the same page now? All right. So chapter 2, verse 15 says, So then the Lord God took the man... And put him in the Garden of Eden and to tend and to keep. In other words, he was there to protect and attend. Okay, he was there to, to keep the garden, keep it going, keep it, you know, whatever it be. So it's fruitful and productive, all that kind of stuff. So the man had a job to do. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. So you notice how everything got a little twisted here. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. That word die just means uh, decay, destruction. It just means really just, you just open the door to the curse. That's what happens. Okay? So he didn't understand that entirely, obviously. Uh, but uh, that's what God said. So God did not tell him he couldn't touch it because he had to touch it because he had to tend to it. I'm just, you, might, you see, you might think I'm being nitpicky right now, but you have to, this is how the enemy gets in. This is how he gets in. He, he, he just, little, little, little sucker, he just, you know. So anyway, uh, here's the plug for, for Eve, okay, verse 18. And, and the Lord said, uh, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper uh, comparable or compatible to him. All right, so in other words, so when, 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 when he was instructed about what to do in the garden, Eve wasn't even there yet. Are you, Hello. So then we get into chapter 3, and now the enemy's coming out. Here he is, you know, through the serpent. It's now, amen, that craftiness coming after Eve, okay? Now, obviously, Eve was told, come on. He was, she was instructed, by, obviously, by Adam, come on, to, you know, that tree there, um, you're not supposed to eat of it. But now Adam probably just said, and don't even touch it. I'm just saying, okay? So, you know, when she said, you know, you're not supposed to eat of it and you can't even touch it, that's probably her husband told her that part. I'm just, I'm just saying, right? I mean, maybe, what, right? It's probably what happened, right? I mean, because God didn't say Adam couldn't eat because he had to tend to it, all right? But he's probably thinking, you know, maybe you just 
stay away from that part of the garden. I'll handle that part over there. Come on, right? But I'm just saying, see, it's just little things, but it's those little things. Remember that the, uh, uh, Jesus said of, of the enemy, he said, he's the father of all lies. He's a liar. And even if it's just a little white lie, whatever that means, right? What is a white lie? Is that, that's, maybe if it's a purple lie, it's even worse. And then there's black lies. And then it doesn't matter. A lie is a lie, right? So the point being is that he just comes through that deceptiveness, that, deceptiveness, that craftiness. He tries to slide in. Let's get us caught up in something. Come on. And he just kind of, you know, smoking mirrors now. And, and the whole time he's working on something here. And really, if you stop and you think about it, what he's doing is he's, he's, he's coming against their identity and who they are. And that's what he's doing. If he can, you see, because if they don't know who they are in God, then, you know, he, he's got a pretty easy pick. Come on. Because in all honesty, he was supposed to have dominion, according to chapter 1, he was supposed to have dominion over all the beasts of the field, all the, the fowl, all the fish, and all the creeps that creep. Are you hearing me? Well, obviously that was a creep that came in the garden. Just a thought I'm having. Come on now. Come on, right? Being creepy. Come on, right? Coming in. And so he's, he's messing. So I'm just saying, this is, what, this is how it works. So he was supposed to take authority over it. He should have just right then just put his foot on his neck and just said, uh, get out of here. Okay. So we know Adam was there. So even though he's working something through Eve, Adam's standing right there. Okay, all right, we'll, we'll see that here in a second. So back to chapter 3. Are you still with me? I know I'm just letting it unfold here. Okay, chapter 3, now let's go, um, uh, verse 4 says then, uh, Then the serpent said to the woman, uh, You will not surely die. Hmm. For God knows, this is what he said now, For God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Well, obviously, um, she didn't know that already. She already was. She was already like God. She was already made in His image and after His likeness. Come on, somebody. So she didn't know who she was. So she got through a little subtle way, a little trickery, kind of weaseled his way in. Okay. So when the woman saw, now all of a sudden, see, obviously, it started getting her thinking, getting her looking. See, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, see, all of a sudden, the, the thoughts are starting to shift and change here a little bit. The attraction of this thing, because somehow or another, he's got her now looking, and she's starting to say, well, yeah, that is kind of a, wow, you know, well, you know okay, anyway. So the woman saw the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate and also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Right? So they're both right there. Now, uh, what, is, what has happened here is he's, he, through smoke and mirrors, a little trickery here, uh, you know, got her, got her thinking a different way, got her looking at the tree in a different light. It's all happened. She's now looking at the tree as something that she can't have or something held back from her. 
just a little. You can eat from, you know, a thousand other trees in the garden. He said, just this one, that's mine. And so the enemy, through a deception, through craftiness, got her to begin to look at that tree in a different way. Just something subtle. And all of a sudden, just complicated things. Wrong complexity. And all of a sudden now, it just complicated the simplicity in the instruction. Are you hearing me? You want to talk about a door open for stress? Here it comes. Life is just life just got different. Life as you know it is done with. I said life as you know it is done with. Verse 6 of Genesis 3, right there, life as they knew it is done. And that's what the enemy's hoping for. And get you caught up in stuff and now it's all about what I'm missing out on, what I'm not getting, what's being held back from me. Are you still with me? Yes. And it doesn't stop there because now it builds. Because then uh, verse 7 says, The eyes of both them were open, and they knew that they were naked. Well, obviously they must have been naked before that. Come on, somebody. Now, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, talk around that when you start talking about ministering on the glory and you find out that uh, them as just vessels of, you know, they were made in his image, after his likeness, covered in glory. He's, he's fire from the loins up, fire from the loins down. Really, all it is is just an explanation of glory is all it is. It just looks like when you see God, he just looks like he's ablaze. And it's just glory, high, t- high intensity of glory. Well, they probably were walking in that. I think it's a pretty good thought, right? And so, you know, uh, and we could, you know, we could probably pull some verses and just even kind of, you know, that support that. But the point being is, all of a sudden now, it says their eyes were open. They're seeing, in other words, what he's saying is now they're seeing things different than they did. All right? But it, what they're seeing, they're not liking. Not because they were naked, but you, you get the point, right? Hello? Okay, uh, come on. I'm just saying... Things are different now, so obviously what happens now, uh, we better start stitching some fig leaves. And we got to start covering ourselves, okay? Why? Remember now, what happens, see, self-serving, self-striving, it's all of a sudden he's got him, he's got him looking, all of a sudden the whole thing shifts. Now it's, it goes from what I don't, what I can't have, what's being held back, what. Now it's like, how do I hide? How do I get over this? How do I fix this? What do I do to change this? What do I do to shift this? What, what, what are we going to do now? What's going to happen now? And it's all, it's that same self-serving, self-striving mentality that comes. And what's happening next now, life is going to get real rough real fast. Is anybody hearing me today? Now, remember the same way that he worked this on Eve and Adam is the same way he's going to work it on you and me. Same kind of stuff. Same kind of stuff. Get you all caught up on this. Just start looking at something through a little bit of craftiness. Get you looking at something that really, quite frankly, why look at that? It's like comparison. You don't watch it pretty soon. You're comparing yourself with somebody else 
when the scriptures are pretty clear about stop doing that. There's no point to it. Well, I'm just trying to glean or learn something. Well, I, you know, I, that sounds noble. But what happens to a little bit of a little deceptive trickery, little little deceptive reasoning, sophistry, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're not measuring up. Or you're, I mean, you got you can go two ways. You could be better than them. Or you could be less than them. And the whole time, you ain't neither. Because you're not them. Apples and oranges. Come on. But he's trying to get you caught up in comparing yourself when the whole time you ain't called to be that person anyway. Just be you. That's just, but it's that smoke and mirrors. We get you caught up in this, and pretty soon now you're straining over here because you're too busy trying to be that person. When all along, you, you, you're not that person. So stop straining to be that person or be like that person. I mean, you know, we see, you know, there's, uh, the scriptures are pretty clear that, you know, uh, Paul, you know, even Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. But he wasn't saying, you know, be just like me. You know, and then as a while, after things move on, as you grow in Christ, now it's like, now follow Christ as I follow Christ. Amen. Right? The point is, he wasn't trying to make anybody like him. He just says, if, if you want to see how this kind of thing done, watch how I do this in my life, learn from it, and then move on. Praise God. Let's go. Are you still with me? But nowhere did he say, you know, just be like me. He, no, he said, be like Christ. Amen. That's the one. If there's anyone you have to attain to, it's him. But if you're attaining to him and I'm attaining to him, then we're being who we are, moving in the same direction all at once, praise God, and we're going to get something done, praise the Lord. Are you still with me? We can go on and on about different topics and different subjects, okay? And pretty soon, you know, you're, it, it's the enemy's little deceptive way to get you caught up in something. Well, pretty soon you're looking at yourself in a different way, and that can go, that could go bad real fast, or it just might be just some subtle little transitional thing that just kind of rolls towards something. But in the end, it isn't good. And so this is what this is how the enemy works. All right, you still with me? All right, go with me to uh, let's go to verse eight, back up here. Um, Let's see here. Okay, so they were both open, and now all of a sudden they're working toward covering themselves. Verse 8, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Okay, then the Lord God said, or the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? I mean, no, if God's asking the question, it's not because he don't know the answer, right? We all know that, right? He's trying to figure out, do you know where you're at, Adam? You know, And so he said, I heard your voice. This is what Adam said. I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. Now we got fear thoughts happening. They weren't, those fear thoughts weren't happening a few verses ago. So everything's shifted and changed now. And you notice, I was afraid. And I went and hid myself. Come on. 
Because I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm naked now. Come on. I'm hiding from you. Why would he hide from God? There's never been a mean moment between their exchange up to this point. But see, just through that, that shiftiness, that craftiness, he's got them looking at themselves and looking about how they're missing out, and pretty soon they make a shift and a change, and now he's got them looking at themselves in shame and guilt and condemnation because that's what he does. He gets you all falling after something, and then he turns around and just waylays you with shame. Are you still with me? But that's how it works. But again, if you think about shame, or you think about condemnation, or you think about guilt, it's all about self. How you're looking at you, how you see yourself, how you appear. And that's why they go to stitching fig leaves. And, and that has never changed. We, we, we do the same thing. Try to cover ourselves and whatever we, we get busy with this and busy with that and try to overlook this and overlook that. All kinds of things. We, we all have fig stitching parties. <laughs> to cover our shame and cover our guilt to somehow, you know, you know, avoid going down that road or whatever. And so we're, we're no different. We do the same things. And we think we're justified in our little fig stitching party. Right? We could really go some places here, but we'll leave that alone. But the bottom line is, is that it's, it's what happens. And, and that's and all it started was, let me get you to look at something differently. Well, you just botched up and complicated and, in a sense, brought complexity and entanglement into something that was so simple, and now you've, you've complicated it. And so what happens now is a wide-open door for stress, for fatigue and ang anguish and all the stuff that comes with stress. Are you still with me? Verse 8 again. They heard the sound, the voice, that, that word sound actually means the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden. Okay, the word walking, halak, is H-A-L-I-K is the Hebrew word, uh, but it means to be conversant or to keep company with. Uh, and now what you have to understand, this is exactly what happened every day. Okay, God comes down, God's going to now be conversant, keep company with, with Adam, walk with Adam, talk with Adam. Literally, that's what it means. To be conversant just means to literally just walking through, talking small talk, you know, talking about the, the garden, talking about the vegetation, talking about, you know, the animals, just talking about things, different things that maybe Adam had questions about, about the sun and questions about how things work and all the kind of things that, that right now you and me, we could all ask the same questions. And maybe as you're being conversant with God and rolling and flowing with God, the same kind of things that you just get in conversations about things, about parenting, about, you know, about, you know, about your kids or about, about business or about different things. God will talk to you about all kinds of things. Because God is still wanting to come and walk with you and converse with you. Now, this is all key. Because we're talking about a stress-free life. 
And so the way that it works, the different, what changed all this was how the enemy's deception got in and then muddied the waters and complicated what some was just so simple. And the whole time, you know, you know, he could have, he could have, what he could have done, he could have just put his foot on the on that serpent's neck. You know, he might, you know, he maybe didn't, you know, thinking about killing it. He just, he's just gonna put it under for a minute and just kind of stand there for a minute. And what, why? Well, because every day God comes and walks and talks and converses with us. So I'm just gonna keep my foot on this little sucker right now and. And I know God's coming, and we're going to talk about this. Because this is how God, he could have said, God, well, what about this thing? Oh, that little sly dog or sly snake. <laughs> could have walked him right through it. He said, good job, Adam. Way to take dominion. That's good. Let's get him out of the garden here. And just now remember, he's a liar. He's deceptive. Okay, don't buy into it. He could have just walked him right through it. Amen. Come on now. Listen, listen. Stress-free living. What are you doing? Well, I got my foot on the neck of that problem. I don't know what to do with it. What do I do with it? Well, let's, let's converse and, you know, ask some questions or something. Or, you know, maybe there's a, a verse that God will bring to your attention or something. Or, you know, maybe God will just give you a witness about something. Maybe, maybe he'll talk, commune with you you know, about something. Maybe you'll just, you know, whatever it is. I'm just saying, you know, it, you know, at that particular day, just so happens, you know, you, you got in a conversation with somebody and they, and they said something and it just answered those questions. But instead of being all caught up and riddled with stress because you got caught up in things, instead you just took dominion. Come on now. Put your foot on it. Come on now. Take authority over it. And then just, just let God walk you through something. We're talking about stress-free living. But the enemy wants you caught up in things, looking at this and looking at that. And pretty soon it's about what I'm missing out on or what I don't have enough of or how come I'm not this or how come this or how come that. And pretty soon it's all about this. We're, we're caught up in ourselves. It's all about, about self-serving and self-striving. And, and you're just, it's just a wide open door now. In fact, it's double door wide. Come on, somebody, for stress to walk in. And the whole time, God wants to do the same thing with you as He's doing with Adam, as we know this is a common thing here, to come and walk in the garden in the cool of the day. Now, the word cool here, Hebrew word is ruach, okay, which means breath, breeze, current of air. Okay, So it's talking about God's come down to talk, and God's wanting to breathe on Adam. Now, in chapter 2, we see where he breathed the breath of life into Adam. Come on. And so that's never, you know, these are things that we've talked about many times from behind this pulpit. But God is wanting to breathe into you every day. And the word in the cool of the day means a daily thing. So what it is, it's saying is this, that he's come down to talk and commune with him like he always does. The problem is, the difference is now, because of how he, they were deceived, how they got caught up in their situation, now they're hiding from the very thing 
That would have changed. That would have, this whole thing would have never happened. You know, I you know, made a statement just about every week that we've done, done this series. And that is just about everything that we stress over, we have control over. Somehow or another. Uh, you know, because if, if anything, we could break it down to this. At least you could spend some time with God, get commune, commune with God a little bit, amen, and get peace about something instead of stressing out about it. Even if it's something that has, even if it's something that involves another individual, come on, that you have no power over, but you still have power over whether you are going to stress out about it or not. That makes sense? So, again, here comes that little sneaky little thing weaseling its way into your life, just throwing a thought, trying to get you thinking about something, get you, get you fearful of something, get you worried about something, get you, uh, you know, get your, cha- your cage, you know, a little bit, you know, rattled a little bit, whatever, how you want to say, and just get you caught up in stuff going on here and going on there. And the whole time, it's like, no, put your foot on its neck. And commune with God, get peace, come on, let stress go out the door, come on somebody, where you can walk stress-free even in the midst of something that maybe needs to be handled or taken care of. Is anybody still with me? The same way, the same way that he did this uh, to Eve is the same way he's doing it to you and me. Same way. There's no difference. Okay? It just might be a different scenario. But it's the same way. Are you still with me? I know I'm asking that a lot, but you know, I just, I just want to grab, grab this. All right? So uh, he's wanting to commune with him all right, in, in the cool of the day. Amen. In other words, let God breathe into you every day. I guarantee you, you'll find most stressful things are gone when you let God breathe into you. Are you still with me? All right, so... Let's go, uh, let's see here. <sighs> let's go to Psalms 46. Let's do Psalms 46. I think we're doing all right on time here. Psalms 46. So let's talk about this a little bit about, you know, letting God be God here, all right? Psalms 46. You know, I took some time. I didn't necessarily... Uh, give them the verses back there, but I was just thinking about uh, some of the, the things that the enemy tries uh, on you and me and the, some of the different verses and how it words it. Um, uh, 2 Timothy 2 talks about being, you know, how he tries to get you entangled, says, and even uses the word entangled with the affairs of life. See, the affairs of life are happening. Things are going on. We all you know, we have family, we got jobs, we got kids, we got, you know, you got bills to pay, you got a lot of this, everybody's got things going on. Come on, somebody. And so the, the affairs of life are happening. But what the enemy wants you to do through that deceptive reasoning, he gets you to get caught up and look at some of that in a different light, and pretty soon you're entangled. Now it's consuming you. God's your provider. But if he can get you entangled 
in money matters, you're not going anywhere except you're tripping over what you're entangled with. It's hard to move and to gain ground. It's hard to release faith in those areas when you're entangled because you're caught up and seeing it in a light that you shouldn't be seeing it in. You're seeing it as a you're seeing it as something that's going to sink your boat. You're never going to have whatever. And the whole time, God says, wait, whoa, 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 I'm your provider. Hey. So we've complicated now the simplicity. And it was just through a little deceptive thing. So the entanglement. Uh, let's see. Uh, just throwing some out there. Uh, Hebrews 12 talks about the race you have to run but it talks about being weighed down with things and, and easily ensnared with things. That's how he words it there. Uh, Mark 4 talks about the distractions of this age, how you get caught up with that, and then it begins to choke out the word, come on, that's been sown in your heart, now it's being choked out because, and all of it comes through that deceptive reasoning, that complexity trying to complicate what was simple. The word works. Sow the word, stand on the word, speak the word, believe the word. Come on, just keep doing it. But it gets you caught up in things, get distracted pretty soon. It's not working, it's not working, it's not working. It does work. Keep doing. Don't complicate it. Come on, right? And pretty soon you're, you're caught up in something, you're all stressed out about something that... The answer, you have the answer. You know, I think I might have made a statement. I think it was on Sunday. Um, uh, just about, you know, that if you just, you know, a lot of times we're looking for that greater revelation. If I just had a greater revelation of this, this would start working. In most cases, that's not the case at all. In most cases, it's just keep working what you already know. If you keep working what you already know, it starts happening. And if there needs to be a greater insight about something, you'll be amazed how God just makes sure you have that. But we're, we're striving for something because of a way we're looking at something. If I, I can't get it working until I have that. No, God says, you can get it working right now, and I'll still give you that. Are you still with me? I, I, I get caught up on that. Because I'm thinking, okay, I got, I got to need more revelation. It's just like I'm, I'm going to get more. And it's like this. And it's the whole time God says, geez, you're making this way too hard. And it's like, you're right. I'm making this way too hard. I'm striving when I shouldn't have to strive. Okay. All right, let's get to the verse here. All right. Um, be still. It pays to be still once in a while. <clears throat> I said it pays to be still. All right, the word still there, um, it means rafa um, uh, is, is the Hebrew word, but it means to cease, to stop, literally like to stop and let go. That's kind of how we get this, you know, let go and let God kind of thing. Uh, it means to slacken in the sense of uh, uh, in, in the place of stillness. In other words, stop trying to do this. So you learn to just kind of relax, 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 right? And um, 
Uh, most, uh, me and Trudy were even talking about this uh, earlier today. Um, you know, I find that the, the more I grow in the Lord, uh, the, how my, my prayer life changes. And uh, I probably pray most of the time in, in, in the, you know, praying in the Spirit, uh, praying in other tongues, and I spend a lot of time doing that. Uh, but I spent, now I find myself doing a lot more just being still. And so I pray in the Spirit. Every now and then they'll give me a verse or something I need to, you know, a uh, profession of faith that I might make. Uh, you know, I might be standing on something depending on what we're praying about. And I might make a declaration, and it doesn't mean that there still ain't a place for petitioning and, and the prayer of faith and all that and power of agreement. We're not taking away from any of that. But I found just in my personal time with God, I prayed quite a bit in the Spirit, and then every now and then I just stop and get still and just and let God speak. And, you know, we always kind of when I come to this moment, I'll, you know, it's like you're sitting here doing all the talking when you're around the person that knows everything. So, you know, usually it's just makes sense, right? Just shut up and let him talk, you know? <laughs> you know? I mean, you know, you got a thing you want to bring up and talk about, and that's great, and then let him, let him share, let him say things, let him do things. I mean, oh, God's still talking. God still wants to be conversant. The other day, did you notice, uh, I think it was uh, uh, Oprah had, somebody had asked her about being the president or something. Somebody was saying they got on some bandwagon, Oprah's going to be the president. The key's going to run for presidency or something like that. And she's like, God ain't told me to run for no presidency. <laughs> and then she got ribbed because she said, God didn't tell me to do that. Thank you, Oprah. Go, girl. Way to go. Wasn't afraid to say it. You know, if God tells me to do something like that, it's fine. But he didn't tell me to do that. So they decide they'll rib her for that. But God does talk, and God does want to walk you through things, and God does want to be conversant, and He wants to do it on a daily basis. He wants to breathe into you on a daily basis. If you will let Him, if you get still and let Him breathe. I love this because it says, be still and, here we go, and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the... I'm God, not you. Get the point? <laughs> right? You're not God. I know it's a revelation to get right there, but, but when you get that one, it's a good one. Right? You're not God. He's God. So be still and, and know that He's God. Let God walk you through these things. Stop trying to... Figure it all out on your own. And stop being stressed out about stuff you know, that you got no business stressing out about. Be still and know that I am God. And, and so the word know here means to ascertain by seeing something. It means a revealing. It means to be aware or to discern or to discover. Amen. So, God, if you get still, God will start showing you things. In your mind's eye, in the eye of faith, God will begin to show visions, dreams. God will start showing you things, and you will discover how good God really is. And you will discover that He is pretty good at His job. And you will discover, amen, 
that you were going to botch it up if you kept doing it your way. You will discover that he's God. I uh, just I just in my own walk, I can't even tell you how many times that just in, in those moments early in the morning, just let God breathe into you and it just walks you through your day. Or walks you through a situation or that thing that you, you know, you were wondering about the day before and the spirit of God just gives you one word. And it's like. And I here I was trying to worry about it. Here I was trying to stress out about it. Anybody hear me? <laughs> He's God. Amen. Let's look at another one. Praise me. Put Psalm 62 up. Actually, put no, I tell you what, can you go back to verse 1? I think I gave you, did I give you that of chapter 46? I, I think it's worthy of looking at that verse. 40, is it 46 and 1? You got it? Okay, there it is. Uh, this is what started that psalm. I just thought it was is, is just, remember, he's God, right? Okay. God is our refuge and strength. Notice he's your protection. He's your strength. Look, at a very present help. In trouble, some translation says in, in time of trouble, right? In, in, in a very present help in trouble. He's a very present help in trouble. So the whole thing is just dealing with it. Listen, let me be God, okay? Lean on me, trust me, and you'll have strength. You'll have protection. And we'll get you through that trouble. Right? So you don't have to stress out and worry about it anymore. Come on, get honest with yourself. Is your stressing out about something? Does that really help it? You know, what was it a couple weeks ago we talked about a thing about worry? Is it you can't even add, you know, one cubit to your stature? Can you, does it change anything? Except all you got mentally now, you're all worked up about something. Come on, somebody. But it didn't change anything. Are you still with me? All right, give me, go back to that one. So let's go to Psalms four, uh, 62, verse 5, please. My soul waits silently for God alone. Now, he's commanding himself. Everybody say, my soul. soul. So he's talking about your soul, okay? Your soul, okay? Your mind, will, emotions, your soul, amen. My soul waits silently for God alone. So he's talking about that stillness here. Same thing, it's just another way of saying it, okay? Learn to be still. For my expectation or my anticipation is from him. All right. In other words, God, uh, you know, everything that God's look, put in you, everything God's moving you toward, God put that in you. So settle down, relax, be still here, let God walk you through it. You know, there are people with, with giftings that never come into fruition, with callings that never manifest, with leadings from God that never come to pass. The whole time they know that the gifting, the calling, the anointing, all that in their life was a God-given thing. They know that, but then they stop going to the one that put the calling in their life, that put the gifting in their life, come on, that gave them the leading. They stop going to him, and then they, they burn out and never see those things come to pass because they don't spend any time with the one that put it in them. And so he says that whole thing, that, that is from him. But you're going to have to learn 
how to be still once in a while. Let God speak into you. Let God breathe into you, amen, to walk you through these things. And there really is nothing complicated about any of it. If you really got honest with yourself, everything that you felt was complicated was you trying to do it or you trying to fix it. And it seemed too complicated. But the minute you let go and you let God, it's amazing how all of a sudden it doesn't seem complicated anymore. You still with me? Verse 6. Let's put that up. He alone, or he only, is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. Verse 7. I think, how many verses did I give you on that one? Verse 7. In God, uh, in God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Amen. How many did I give you on that one? Did I give you verse 8 too or not? Okay, verse 8. Trust, here we go, this is, this is kind of here. Trust in Him when it's convenient. Let's see if somebody's listening. Trust in Him on Sundays, at service times. No, at all times, right? Trust in Him at all times. That means good, bad, and ugly, pressure moments, no pressure, with pressure. Trust in Him at all times. Now, trust is really... Is just the Hebrew word for faith, really. To trust in God is just to put faith in God. It just means reliance, dependence, assurance, your confidence in God. Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before Him. That just means, literally means to, to make yourself vulnerable. And that's why some people don't go spend time with God because they don't like that vulnerable moment. Some people. See, not everybody, but some people. Okay. Um, but that's what it means, that to pour out one's heart is just make yourself vulnerable, all right? God is a refuge for us, Selah. In other words, think about it. Trust Him. Let Him be God. Amen? You just rely and depend on Him. You put your faith in Him. Come on, somebody. You just look to Him, lean on Him. Get still once in a while, let God speak and breathe into you, and you'll walk this thing out, and it won't be a complicated thing. Don't let the enemy come in through that deceptive reason, get you caught up in stuff, and then all of a sudden complicate everything that's, that's so really simple in Christ. Okay, uh, one last one. Let's do a common one. This is an easy one. Everybody knows this one. Proverbs 3, put that in. Hallelujah. Trust in the Lord. With, you know, just a piece of your heart. No, with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not, here we go, on your own understanding. Trust in who? The Lord. With, with, look at this, with all your heart. Come on. Lean not on your own understanding because that's, that's where the stress comes. And that's what the enemy, that's that right there, own understanding, that's where the enemy messes with right there. And so pretty soon, you know, caught up in this and that, smoke and mirrors, here it is. And now you're leaning on your own understanding, and all you've done is open the door now for, for uh, really self. It's self-striving, self-serving, and now we got stress. Verse 6, please, and we'll close with this one. 
In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Okay, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. In all your ways. Now, the word ways just means just basically your everyday living, everyday walk. It just means your mode of operation, your path of living, your path of walking. It just means everyday functioning. In all your ways, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. So it's up to you that you have to do this. What that means is I'm going to acknowledge Him. So every now and then, just stop long enough and acknowledge. It just means that just, Lord, it's just to be conversant, to acknowledge Him. Your boss, you know, maybe uh, you're, you're the king of kings. You're the Lord of lords. You're, you're God. You're the provider. You're the healer. You're, you're the all in all. You're, the, you're my righteousness. You're my sanctification. You're my redemption. I acknowledge you. And then from there, it's like, okay, here we go. So then he starts directing your path. And so... And all these things that happen, the enemy wants you to avoid this verse. Come on, somebody. He'd rather you lean on your own understanding. And so instead of acknowledging the Father, and what happens then is you're not being directed in your path. You're striving now to somehow figure out your path. And in most cases, it's very stressful. And in most cases, in fact, we see this so much, we just give up. Because I'm tired of thinking about it. I get worked up every time I think about it. It overwhelms me when I think about it. And God, the whole time God says, well, then don't. Look to me and let me walk you through this thing. You ever had a moment with, I mean, maybe it's just a, is it an epiphany? Is that how, is that, did I say that right? Epiphany? Another one of them words, epiphany. Anyway, it's just one of those moments when, you know, you're sitting there all worked up about something, and you finally just said, you know what, I'm just going to go pray about this. And you go and you go commune with God, talk with God, a few minutes go in, and all of a sudden he gives you an answer, and you're like, good night. Why didn't I do this earlier? Right? Have you ever had those moments? And I think, I was so worked up about this. I mean, and the, the whole God just, well, just kind of walks you through it, guides your step. Next thing you know, it's like, no need to work, be worked up about that. And that's the kind of way we're supposed to live. Stress-free living. Did you get something today? Yeah. Give the Lord a praise, if you will. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why don't you all stand up? Praise the Lord. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor once again. We're thankful for your word, thankful for these principles. Thank you, Lord, that we can live stress-free, stress praise God. And I thank you and praise you, Lord God, for just insight and revelation that, Lord, we're not going to be ignorant of the enemy's devices. We're not going to be ignorant of that deceptive reasoning. We're not going to be ignorant of those little, that little complicated thing he tries to bring into the mix, the mudding of the waters. I thank you, Lord God, amen, that we have insight, hallelujah, that, Lord, we're going to have enough uh, discernment, praise God, to see that, see through that mess. And, Lord, we choose you. We choose you. We choose you as our place of meditation. We choose you. When it comes time to setting our mind anywhere, we're going to set our mind on you. We're going to acknowledge you and let you lead and let you guide. 
And so, Father, I thank you for that. Now, Father, I pray for this people today. Give them ears to hear what you're saying. Lord, your word says that we're your sheep, that we know your voice, we hear your voice, and we'll follow your voice. And the voice of a stranger we will not follow. So, Father, I thank you for a discerning ear. Amen. And I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.